This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Should the city of Toronto step in and buy what may be the oldest tree in the city? It's a 300-plus-year-old red oak, and it's on the property of a home in the Shepherd and Weston Road area. The tree stands about 24 meters tall with a circumference of about 5 meters and expansive branches, which measure 9 to 12 meters in every direction. Uh, But here's the thing. It cups the foundation of the home with its root, which is the problem. The real estate agent for the homeowner says the roots are threatening the structural integrity of the house and represent sixty to $80,000 in lost opportunity for the property owner. And if the city doesn't buy it, the owner will chop it down or try to chop it down. Some people in the community say the city should just buy it, maybe turn the whole thing into a parquet. So what do you think the right thing to do is? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now we are going to Tony Ellis, who is the Heritage Tree Coordinator with Forest Ontario. Hello. Hi there, Libby. Hi. So uh, it's a very old tree on the property, but it's threatening a house. What to do? What to do? (laughs) Well, first of all, I'd like to start off by saying that this tree is a a heritage tree, and it's probably about 350 years old. It predates the founding of York by John Graves Simcoe. And uh, as you say, it's it's a very large tree. Um, And if you see a picture of it, it's very impressive. Um, It is protected by a city bylaw, which prevents trees from being chopped down without approval from the city. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is a heritage tree, which is part of our program. Um, However, it was brought into our program prior to the passing of a bylaw, of a municipal bylaw, which now protects all of the trees that are recognized heritage trees as if they were designated under the Ontario Heritage Act. So I know that's a bit of legalese, but basically anybody who uh, nominates and is uh, approved a a storied or culturally significant tree in the city of Toronto that gets brought under our program would be protected by a bylaw. So this wouldn't happen in the future. Well, um, but because this tree predates the bylaw, it's not protected by that particular bylaw. But there is another municipal bylaw which says that the city has to approve cutting any trees that are clearly that significant in size. Right. But, uh, I mean, uh, and I have to say I have a heritage tree on on my property. Very happy to do that. But oh, good. we also, we had two very old trees on our front lawn. And I don't want to get into the whole story because one of them was threatened probably because of work done by the city. Mm-hmm. But it, it started to uh, list 
one of them like it was and when it looked like it was just about to fall on the neighbor's roof and we you know did all kinds of things to try to save it it was taken down mm-hmm. one of them we still have one uh there but you know the owner has if it's threatening the house um they have a point do they mm-hmm. not they sure do and i don't know i have to be honest i don't know the particulars of this particular case um what i do know is typically roots um in in the knowledge that I have anyway, roots tend not to go into a foundation because why would they? There's lots of soil around that they would rather go into. There are trees such as uh, willows that are real water seekers that might have that issue, but generally speaking, a tree will not do that. It would rather not have to intervene with a cement wall or a rubble wall. So, I, But I don't know the case of this one. And I would say... Um, there are lots of very qualified arborists, particularly who have an experience with um, what we would call conservation of boriculture, working with very old trees, who would be in a, a strong position to go take a look and see if this is in fact happening and if there are remedial measures that could be taken to save the tree. Well, and in... In my experience, I live in an area with a lot of old trees, and um, the people there have a commitment to do it. But it's uh, doing that kind of thing is never a guarantee, and it is extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, sh- should the city just not buy this uh, incredible uh, her- part of our natural heritage? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I'm a tree lover, <laughs> so I would always fall out in doing everything we can to save a tree, but of course there's a balance at play, right? Like, I have no idea what that property would be worth, or, uh, you know, and so I can't really speak to that, um, but I'm sure the city has some thoughts on that for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but again, what I would say is, and if I could just take this opportunity, yeah. Libby, to mention to, to your listeners that if they do have a storied, beautiful tree, um, that's culturally significant, that they would like to see recognized by our program, they should definitely get in touch with us. We have probably over 25 now in the city of Toronto, and some of them have just remarkable stories, just fabulous stories about their history and their cultural significance. And we want to see those trees treasured and seeds collected from them and those trees celebrated. Okay, uh, let's t- hang on. Let's take a call from Maria in Toronto. Hello, Maria. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. I'm in a neighborhood, and it's been here for over 50 years. Yeah. Around 50 years, I should say. Now, is this tree still growing? Uh is this tree st- your um, <laughs> Tony? Is this tree st- still growing after three hundred and fifty years? If it's alive, I would think so. Well, it is. It's a beautiful tree, and I can see. Uh, well, the, it's a new owners. So they bought this house for very, for you know, considering what it is in area, for not the price that the the, the city would have to pay. So I'm just I'm being you know like dubious about the whole thing. Um, so if it is not growing, if it is not growing, no just a second. reason of getting rid of it. It's uh, just like Lady said, there's no, well, no, okay, so there won't be any. Let, let, let her answer about whether the yeah. tree is growing. Yeah. Okay. What I can tell you is uh, an old oak tree like this, as they say, will take about 300 years to grow. And this is in a perfect world, 300 years to rest and 300 years to die. And in the meantime, um, it is providing all kinds of benefits. It's sequestering carbon, it's cleaning the air, it's providing shade, it's providing important habitat. So 
even and frankly, the older and the bigger the tree, the more of those ecological services the tree is providing. And even in declining years, it's providing a lot of habitat for important um, animals and little bugs and stuff like that. So even if it's not growing, it's certainly a significant asset to that neighborhood. So you're yeah, saying well, so it's you, probably it's not, not growing. really uh, doing any harm to the house as of now if you're saying it, a tree is resting it. So they probably just needed, the way I look at it, uh, trimming a little bit some branches that is maybe over the roof. Other than that... I don't see any reason of getting rid of paying at $800,000 for the house just to save the tree, although the tree is important. But, you know, uh, uh, to me, um, it, it, there's somebody's there to make a buck, and we will be paying for it. Okay. That's, that's a, my opinion. Okay. But anyway, it's a beautiful tree. I hope it's not going to go. And the owner is, the new owner is about three years uh, but since he bought the house, so I guess maybe that's what he thinks, that maybe he gets some money for it. That's, mm. a, that's, a, that's an interesting perspective, and you obviously know that tree. Um, it looks beautiful from the picture. I haven't seen it. Yes. Well, it is beautiful. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit precarious because it's hanging over the roof. Uh, but if it went like this, but it has been there for 50 years, hanging over the roof, and nothing ever happened, so I guess it still probably will be like there for another 50 years at least if I'm here to see it. Okay, we hope you are. Thanks, Maria. Thank you, bye. Uh, and um, trimming uh, branches that overhang, Tony, uh, can that sometimes threaten the integrity of the tree? Um, actually, well, I guess if it's done poorly or there's too much of it done, um, and this is why this is a really good point for your listeners, that they should absolutely, working on any tree, frankly, and obviously a tree of this significance should be done by a qualified arborist who uh, takes the best interest of the tree at heart. Um, I know I have a couple of sugar maples on my property, and they do something called um, crown reductions, which can take a little bit of the top off the tree if it's in decline to help hang on to it. But I wouldn't want to comment on this particular tree, but I would say this is totally the case to call in a, a qualified conservation of horticulturalist to go in and take a look. And given the significance of the tree, my, my thought would be there are several who would probably be happy to do this um, pretty much gratis just to to be able to see the tree. Oh, um, really? Uh, not my experience anyway. with arborists. But anyway, let's take a call well, from Gail in Toronto. Hi, Gail. Hi. Uh, go ahead. You're I'm on the air. about the tree? Yes. Okay. We don't need another parquet. Are you in, in that area, neighborhood? There's already a park at the end of that street. Oh, okay. You're in the neighborhood. I am, and the the, the branches, if like the other lady said, a good strong wind like this, if they go through the roof, somebody's going to get hurt. As far as I'm concerned, it should be taken down, and these bleeding hearts that are saying, "Oh, keep the tree, keep the tree." If it was on their property and it was their house that was threatened, they wouldn't want it. Okay, Gail. Thanks for that. Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay, Christina in Toronto. Hello, Christina. Hi. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. My only cautionary comment is when a tree or a, a set of trees seems to get very um, popular attention that some developers in the past, I'm not saying this is the case here, 
they come and chop the trees down without any council permission. And I think that if a tree has got heritage designation, that it ought to have 24-hour security so that that doesn't happen. Well, I, I, I think maybe uh, that's uh, kind of an expensive solution, but thanks no, for that. No, it's not a solution. I'm saying as a cautionary measure okay. that, uh, that trees that are subject to discussion like this, in the past, developers have just gone in and chopped them down, and guess what? When a tree is chopped down, it's gone. There's no more discussion. Well, yeah, and they don't get fined very much for it. Thanks, Christina. Let's go to uh, Bob in Beaverton. Hello, Bob. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Good. Um, I don't know whether this may be a possible solution. Uh, if the tree is threatening the foundation, just protect the foundation. Excavate along the side of the foundation next to the tree. Line it with steel plate up against the foundation. Backfill it again. The roots won't go through the steel. The house is safe. The tree is safe. Maybe a couple farmers could probably do it for two or three thousand. So the city should be able to do it for fifteen or twenty. So I don't know. I don't know if, the, if the roots are up against the house, then if you start doing that, you're damaging the roots. Well, it'll be just the very small ends of the roots, <clears throat> and um, like we've. Well, yeah, An arborist that... would know, but to trim the very small ends of the roots or pull them away from the foundation and put the... Anyway, just a, something to think about. That's a good lateral thought. Okay. Thanks, Bob. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, you're, you're right about one thing. It does need a, a professional to assess it. Um, but what would you like to leave us with on this, Tony Ellis? Well, it's interesting to hear different people's perspectives, for sure. And... Uh, and I would say, you know, if, if this is an, a good example of an opportunity anyway to talk about our big story trees, and, and you know, they're not, they're not free, right? I mean, we talk about them as part of our green infrastructure and just the way we have to take care of our roads and our bridges and so on, we have to take care of our trees, and it's not free, but they do provide a host of things that we should, we should value and recognize. Okay, um, I'm sure we'll be hearing more about the tree, uh, whether this is just a bid to uh, try to um, make some dough on it or uh, whether there's a real problem there and a real bid to save yeah. it. Thanks yeah. very much. Tony Ellis from Forest, Ontario. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Bye and for now. Bye-bye. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. And we now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.